0: Hey everybody, it's Todd. I just wanted to let you know, uh, this is, as you hopefully know by the title, the first part of a two-part series, Marshall 101. We just talked so dang much we had to break it up into two episodes um, so that you might actually listen to all of it. Uh, Anyways, this is the first part. You can catch the second part when it drops. And I encourage you to listen to that as well, because it's going to be equally... Or mostly equally is awesome <laughs> anyways take it away hey welcome to guitar knobs the guitars gear noise and nonsense
1: podcast hosted today by these knobs tony dudzik pick guardian jared brandon Jared Brandon, and I'm here with the crew in Columbus this time.
0: All right. Hey everybody, it's me Todd <laughs> I'm back. Welcome to the Guitar Notes Podcast. We are thrilled <laughs> to death that you are joining five of us tonight. Five. Jared was a surprise Believe. guest on top of our surprise other guest. Surprise guest. And other guest. So uh Jared, thank you for, for coming down. It was it's awesome to see you. And we miss you. I love it. Yep. Hey, who else is here? Well, I was just about to get to that, Tony. Thank you so much for prompting me. Yes. Uh, We have the ever... Olive drab. What you got? Uh, it, that's like
2: the best. This is olive crap.
0: If there, yeah. if anybody could pick out a color for Rob, it, it'd be that color. I love. It. Wow. That's I the most here. Rob color. It, uh, right?
2: That's kind of mean. You're, you're so starting off. We're starting you're off s- very. You're mean. so no, drab. Just, yeah. No,
0: it's it's mm. it's not that it's drab. It's just all. You said olive. drab. Well, that's what it's called. Olive drab. Am I right?
1: Your army. Yeah, 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 okay. I love that color.
2: Yeah. Thank
0: you, Jared. Yeah. Like Anyways, you. we got Rob Chafe sitting in the, sitting in the seat. And our uh, new guest,
3: Chris Connor. Happy to be here. Hey.
0: Chris Connor, Chris Connor. A, a local player and gear legend, and uh, an enthusiast about something very particular. Because what is this today, gentlemen? Marshall. Marshall 101, 101. Yes, Marshall one o one. And I said, uh, you know, Rob and Tony, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna hook this up, and uh, Rob said, you know, you should bring mm-hmm. Chris on. Because uh, he's kind of a martial nut and knows a lot about it. Yep. So, hey, yeah, man. that's good because that ex- means I'm going to learn something tonight.
3: Yeah, I'm yes. excited.
0: And Jared is in town um, for football for and football. Stuff. And family. And football. Family. And football. Okay, so anyhow, uh, let's get on with this amazing. Now, uh, guys, maybe those people out there are like, what the heck's a 101? Uh, Tony, Jared, you care to elaborate?
4: It's when we
1: learn stuff. Okay. That's right. That's what I would say. (laughs) (laughs) So we we deep dive into, um, well, we basically deep dive because a 101 is basic.
0: Yes. And to to clarify, um, (laughs) everybody raise your hands uh, uh, if you're an expert on any of the things that we talk about uh, besides a general, like, AMPS. Oh. Okay, so when we're talking about who's an expert at Marshall?
2: Of anybody here, I'd say. Okay, who has pretty much. Knowledge,
0: we're not like, yeah. what is an expert
2: yeah. a-
4: at that? I guess so Jim Marshall would be doing, the only
2: one that would be an expert that, at Marshall. That's a great, that's yes. a great point.
4: He's not. He's not remembering much. Yeah, right. I right. tried to
2: get a hold of him, but it didn't, yeah. You know. <laughs> so
0: we, what we do is, you know, we're trying to give as much knowledge as we can produce and yes, ask yes. questions of ourselves. We are not the authorities on anything we talk about, <laughs> especially one hundred ones. But we're here to to learn and to share and to gain as much knowledge as we can because Tony is does is and does have an encyclopedic, no, uh you know knowledge of guitars, even though. His brain is really small. It Somehow it's all jammed in there. His head's big. My so middle what, name what is Britannica. Is yeah. um, <laughs> and then Rob <laughs> is, a, is a full-time amp tech for how many years? 30. Uh, 50 a lot years. Of, uh, 50 uh, years. Of,
2: I technically have been doing it professionally for 27 years. Poor okay. So Holy moly. If there
0: is yeah. such a thing as an amp professional expert, uh, it, it's you. Uh, uh, now, uh, don't okay, brush okay, that off. Okay, Just own right, it. It's right, true. All right. <laughs> um, and Jared has a bunch of has Jared's. had a bunch of bunch of He's uh had so marshals. Many marshals. Uh, Chris has yes. got had loads of marshals. I have had one. So one. this will be really <laughs> one. fun. One
2: more one marshal. He
0: still has one. I still yeah, has one. He has one. Anyways, uh, we are going to have a great time uh, tonight talking about marshals and learning all about the beloved uh, amp. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first things first, we got a couple of announcements. I wanted to bring up that um, Let's see here. Oh, yeah. One of the things was uh, I'm working on a, um, what's it called, a, a playlist for my daughter because she said, Dad, what's, what? you know, I, I want you to make me a playlist because there's this thing called the Satanic Panic. And I was like, the oh, what? boy. So the sa- think about back to when we were growing up, okay, yeah. and everybody was on Donahue and Sally, Jesse, Raphael mm. and like, <laughs> you know, uh, Geraldo and everybody and and. and it was all the parents were paranoid about oh, all like the metal music and everything. Kids that was in Satan's
4: up. service. That's right.
0: And so she wanted me to make her a playlist of that because um, now it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I started doing that and it was really kind of fun going through the things. And so I put in, she said, make sure you put Judas Priest because I don't know anything about them. I'm like, I got gotcha. you. Mm. So uh, the first two that I put in, were the ripper that's my favorite and uh green manalishi which i know is a cover mm-hmm. from of all, of all things fleetwood, yeah. mac. fleetwood
3: mac did you go green did baby. you go unleashed in the east or did you oh go, yeah okay
0: yeah yeah um but i but i included the album version of, of both as well because okay, cool. i think it's worth hearing the difference um and at, that went for a lot of things on that list so there's a lot of duplicates like a like motorhead and all that great stuff mm. anyways um I called, or I sent a message to Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Schroeder, who is a mm. uh, is a Judas Priest fan. And we've talked about that in the past. I'm like, hey, Jeff, I'm making this playlist for my daughter. If you were making this playlist, what would you include? And he said, Metal Gods. Um, we could probably all chorus that, actually. <laughs> Want to try it? <laughs> sure. One, two, three. Metal, Metal Gods. gods okay uh, and then electric eye which is great oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, turbo lover fantastic mm-hmm. song wow. and breaking the law the I law. added um, law. freewheel yes. Burnin', uh, which I was talking with uh, with my daughter and a couple other people actually and uh, freewheel Burning has a, a soft spot for me because when I was 15 I went to my friend Darren's house RIP uh, he was he had a get uh, this uh guitar next to him but all i heard was this song free will burnin and it was just about i was walking in right when he hits the double time like bridge like verse you know oh my god i lost my mind and i was like <gasps> and i and there's a guitar leaning up against the bed and i had a brand new skateboard and we were really into skating and i'm like I'll trade you this skateboard for that guitar. And I never played guitar. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And it was just like, it was like a a bolt on neck, uh, like Les Paul, sunburst, who knows? I don't even remember what the thing was. And I I mean, I I heard that. I'm like, well, okay, uh, that's that's it. That's it. Now, that wasn't the first time I'd ever heard guitar, but that was like, that sealed the deal for me. I was like, okay, I got to know what, I got to have this. Um, so that one is near and dear to my heart, but I was curious if, if you guys each mm. have an additional song that you'd like to add to Judas Priest, to, to the Judas Priest portion mm. of this satanic mm. pla- pla- panic playlist. Um, and also out there listening, what would, what would your additions be? Send them to us. I'd love to add them to my daughter's playlist.
4: And, and you can, else. you can
0: actually go you find that about, playlist. You're talking about just priest for the um just for this one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Or else we'd be here all night. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you could do Diamonds and Rust. I'm not sure how Diamonds dark and that rust, is. But yeah. like Riding on the Wind. I think that's what it like, if that's the that's kind of a good the one. Hook? I've seen them like that Us Festival show they play. Yeah. That's got all the great songs on it. Yeah. Um so I'd i throw those two in there.
2: Yeah. I I I, I might get uh and feathered here but i've never been a big judas priest fan it's okay but <laughs> the one song i always liked by them was electric eye okay oh yeah well good that's on the list so, so
4: that's a double to vote me.
2: oh is that already on the list yeah well no. oh.
4: that's one that jeff picked i'm gonna get a new site tar for rob it's for rob yes right right next to- to- well, hold on let me grab time. her real quick <laughs> okay go ahead uh you know i never really considered the priest to be a, yeah, a satanic band.
0: Yeah. None. I mean, look, well, well, almost none of them were really very. Well, s- yeah. S- yeah, I mean, later Slayer. on, yeah. later on,
2: some of them. Venom. It was okay, more questionable yeah, lyrics, but yes. Yeah.
0: But the but the big haul of this was yeah.
4: basically anything that sounded threatening. I mean, Twisted Sister, yeah. for Pete's sake,s
2: was yeah.
0: lumped
4: in there. Yeah. yeah. So no, the, I, w- that, I would, you know, the one that always gets me and still gets me is is head out to the highway, and you know, probably that's I would guess is their biggest hit. Uh, but there's just something about that song that just, when he does it, <laughs> <What? laughs> you yeah. can feel it coming up from the diaphragm. Yeah, there.
1: He's trying to sell it. That's uh, all he's trying yeah. to
0: do. He was he's just trying fantastic. to sell the song. Yeah. Fantastic front man. Okay, Jared?
1: I don't know. Okay. I mean... When I was growing up, I Dust had to in the Wind. To... Okay. wind. No. <laughs> no, I listened to like when I was growing up and I first was I found rock and roll. Yeah. And laugh at me all you want, but I mean it was Bon Jovi Slippery One Wet in like 86. <laughs> okay. How old are you? <clears throat> I'm 45. I'm yeah. going to be 45 this
2: he, year. He's the young one, right?
1: I, am. I didn't think so. So yeah, he is. when so, I was so like Yeah, he's a little well, bit. You just when gave I
2: was a lot away and, on the show. They all think twenty 22.
1: Six oh, and seven and eight no. years old, Bon Jovi hit it big. So it was yeah. like just hairspray, looking like a girl Yeah, kind of you missed all just, the actual... All it was sex, satanic drugs and rock and roll. Together. It wasn't about Satan and all that kind they of thing. They weren't even born. They didn't sing about Satan. They sang about drugs and women. So, yeah,
0: but so did now, all the other ones that were... As, <laughs>
1: as far as, like, and if, if I can go out of Judas Priest, I remember in high school there was like Nine Inch Nails and... Uh, there was Nine Inch Nails, and there there was... Um, Jared and Tony who, who are sharing the, a mic, by the way, so... Who did the song Psalm 69? It was uh, Skinny oh. Puppy, or... There was all sorts of mm, really yeah. wicked stuff in the 90s that came out, but I wasn't into that. I was actually... Into Led Zeppelin in the 90s. Yeah. Which is really weird.
3: So. But even though they were. I, was, kind I really complete, don't
1: have much to contribute to this. So. They,
3: they even lumped Zeppelin in even like ACDC, Highway oh, yeah. to Hell, and then there was yeah. like Iron Maiden, Number of the Beasts. They weren't necessarily yeah, satanic to your point. It, yeah. It's just. But it had that dark sort of some of those. Some ar- reporter coined that term and it stuck. The,
2: the yeah. one I remember from that time was the Aussie song that wasn't that like the big oh, yeah. suicide, suicide, S- suicide solution, solution yeah. wasn't that like oh, the man.
0: yeah because somebody had actually killed himself yeah and like yeah, like the so therefore yeah. is, it's ozzy's fault it was, anyways anyways so, this is all past history we're gonna move <laughs> on, on to Judas real Priest stuff episode. um i just yeah i thought that'd be kind of fun so i honestly <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i would love to hear just show send me one send me one pick, send one okay All right, let's move on to what's going on in our music world this week. We're going to blow through this as fast as we can, because we've got a really big episode here. Let's all
2: do it at the same time, then.
0: (laughs) Do it
4: backwards, since it can be satanic. at the same time? Oh, jeez. Satanic. Oh, yeah. All right, Tony, go. Yes. Well, this week, I'm going to steal your thunder, Todd. Uh, Todd and I went up to Cleveland uh, and met up with our buddy, Hex Matos. Yep. And uh, went to go see X. Yes. At... The House of Blues. Yes, it was an incredible show. I mean, for these guys and gal, they're
0: pushing seventy-five years. Yeah,
4: know. they're 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 up there in you age. You would not and know they, it. and they rocked like Absolutely. they were in their twenties. Yeah, and you know it's kind of funny because you know having seen them thirty years ago or at least, and you know your mind kind of plays tricks with you. Like Exene, all of a sudden started to look. Uh, like she was in her twenties again, to yeah. me. And then John Doe, you know, you could see him bouncing around a little bit. And it was like, oh yeah. But then, you, then your your eyes say, oh no. Yeah. No, they're yeah. They're, they're old they and wrinkly. S- they <laughs>
0: sounded great. Their voices sounded great and everything. They're hitting those harmonies like uh, like it was,
4: you know, forty years ago. Actually, I think Exene sounded better now than she did. possibly possibly um good that's a that was a super fun one and
0: what was the uh what was the highlight to that that uh, we got to do
4: you can do the highlight. No, yeah. I am doing the I'm doing other stuff. Go ahead. So, at the end of the show, uh, I see Billy Zoom walking off to the to stage right. Yeah. And there's a, a steps that are coming down there and I don't know if he was going out to meet someone or he was whatever. going around
0: to sign some autographs for some ah, some okay. people over on the far right.
4: So, as he's coming down the steps, I see him yeah. and I just and I start slapping Tony. I, I, well, I want to make him. sure he sees him. I'm like, hey, hey, hey,
3: he's coming, he's coming. So
4: I shake his hand and I said, Billy, thank you for everything. Yeah. And he just said, eh. Hey, uh-huh. And then I said me. almost the exact same thing.
0: I rush in there and but I said, thank you for your music, Billy. And shook his, shook my hand. and yep. Gave me that, gave me his diamond smile. Yep. And then motored on. Yep. It so was cool. That was we're cool. fans. Yes. Real true 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 fans. All right, uh, Jared, about yourself.
1: So, um, Guns N' Roses came to Nashville, Ah. and I took my wife, (laughs) and uh, they've got some new songs. Yeah? And it it was great, because I I grew up with Guns N' Roses when they became popular. I was a kid, and I latched onto that ride. And when they they did a lot of uh, songs that they didn't play on the radio that were on the albums at this concert... I, like I Rocket knew Queen. all the... Rocket Queen, Estranged, Unusual yeah. Illusion 2. Like, weird songs like that. I knew all the words and I loved looking at people that were trying to do the words and they didn't know the song and it made me feel special. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm a real fan. I know the words every single song. Except for Chinese Democracy when it, that and anything newer than that, I'm, I don't really... Yeah. However, I will comment they did a Fall um, uh, to Pieces." Uh, what's what's the band after Guns N' Roses that Slash and mm. stuff? S-
2: uh, s- uh. Velvet Revolver. <laughs> Velvet oh, Revolver. Yep.
1: So uh, Axl sang that. Oh, that's cool. And during the, it, so the the uh, you know the verses were fine and normal for his range, and he came in and just. Axl Rose scream that the, he did like a, a different version of the chorus with different notes and he sang higher and he just sounded so good. I actually couldn't, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, I wonder what the chorus is going to sound like. And it was great. Yeah. I couldn't believe uh, that was like the highlight of the night. Cause I, I've heard him do all the other songs before in 2016, um, uh, and they even had Steve Adler in 2016, mm. which was cool. For four songs in Cincinnati, I was at that show. But anyway, uh, all in all, I had a really great time. Uh, slash guitar hero, uh, many people's guitar hero. Um, so that was that kind of like right uh, shined anything else guitar world. Sounds so, good. Sounds good. Uh, Chris, go ahead.
3: So I've just been lately running through, or at least trying to, Kind of recover some of the vinyl records I had when I was younger. So I've been just getting by in like 70s, late 60s, early 80s vinyl records. So I've been hitting all the stores in Columbus. You know, you got Used Kids, Spoonful. Elizabeth's Records, Lost Weekend, Thunder. yeah, exactly, yeah, absolutely, Thunder, you know. <laughs> um, RPMs yeah. down there, too, I even could run into Half Price, anyway, I finally found a clean copy, pretty clean copy of Sticky Fingers, which oh, nice. st- which is not easy to do, I mean, I've looked at so many of those, people love that record, yeah. and I'm not sure if the vinyl was just not up to snuff, I know there was like an oil issue in the early 70s, I think that was like, maybe I think it was 71, oh. but you know, it was, it was a super clean copy, so that's awesome. I found a uh, Beatles white album, very clean. There's a couple that I'm looking for clean copies of. The last one I'm trying to find is like a volume four for Black Sabbath.
1: Okay. Oh, wow. Changes
3: is, is the third song. And I think at parties, people were lifting the needle, you know, because after you've heard Changes, it's awesome. But if you're at a party and you throw on volume four, it gets to Changes, you're like, oh, let's just get to yeah. Supernaut. Yeah. So there's always a scratch on the copies that I've found. There's always like a scratch <laughs> right on changes, you know, because I think people lift the needle there. That's yeah. the only thing I can come up with. What so. about Crazy.
1: the experience of looking for the Are you enjoying the experience of going into the record stores? Absolutely. And yeah.
3: I I just like going to. I, I even run to guitar stores when I'm not even looking for a guitar. You know, just yeah. <clears throat> checking out used pedals. I usually run into people too in the guitar store. Like I guess see Willie. Yeah. I see Willie Phoenix a lot.
2: He's always we like, in guitar <laughs> stores.
3: <laughs> we were on the same sort of wavelength as far as frequency So There was like three times in a row where I ran into Willie, which is fun. So, <laughs> yeah. But I do. I do enjoy the you know, just running around and checking out what's what's going on. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the highlight, at least of my. It's not. It's, gu- it's not a Guns show or an X show, but it was. It was <laughs> that, that, that sounds yeah, super fun. Yeah. Uh, all right, Rob.
2: All right, my music week. Uh, it's actually from last week. Played a couple shows back to back, festival shows. Probably for about a year now, I've had a demon on my pedal board. Randomly, sometimes it's three songs in, sometimes it's song number thirty. You mean the
0: you mean a, a metaphorical demon?
2: No, or it a may demon. be it may be an actual demon. At this <laughs> okay. point, okay. So yeah, so uh, three songs in, thirty songs in, somewhere through the night, my pedal board. I'll step on something or something move something and my signal cuts out almost to nothing. And if I just stepped on a pedal, I step on it again like it's a switch. And sometimes it comes in, sometimes it doesn't. That step on something else comes back in. But it's the middle of the show, so I can't troubleshoot it. So then, right after the show, I go home and I set up all my gear in the shop and can't get it tacked up. It'll be on for hours. I'll be shaking things, hitting it with a rubber mallet can't get it to act up. Huh. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Go to the next show. Eight songs in, cuts out. I'm like, son of a... Mm. <laughs> Did it both the festival, last two festival shows or one was festival one was just an outdoor show on Buckeye Lake and I've lost it. The only thing I can possibly think of, at least my music week or I'm going to be doing this week actually, is that I got a bad batch of those um, triple pole double throw foot switches, those nine oh. pole because I replaced all of them. Like if one starts to go bad... I just replace them all because they're all around the same age. Oh. And I did that two-ish years ago. And maybe I got a bad batch. Because when I the last show I played on, I stepped on one pedal and it definitely cut out when I stepped off the on the pedal, clicked it back on, it was fine, clicked it off again and it died again. I'm like, okay, that one's definitely bad. So I left that pedal alone, but then it did it when it stepped on another pedal. And I'm like, could it possibly be that I've got like a series of questionable foot switches? Yeah. Hmm. which would explain why i haven't been able to track it down because i've been all random stuff yeah
0: well that does make sense though because every once in a while there's you'll hear a story about like oh there was a run of rats in 91 that all have this ship that goes wacko or you know yeah i'm just making something up no 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 no, no, it's the truth yeah that's production yeah
2: but something i'm going to do i think rather than because those three pole double pole foot switches are not cheap even at cost they're I don't know, 12, 14 bucks. I'm stupid like that. I think I'm going to switch to a relay-based soft switch. I'm actually going to pull that out, and uh, I've a couple different companies around that yeah. make affordable little PCBs without the switch for like 10 to 15 bucks. Yeah. And I've I've got a box of 200 momentary switches sitting on the shelf. Perfect. Yeah. So.
3: All right. That's a nightmare. I got it. You're, you're getting ready to go big on a solo, and you step
2: on. And you step on that pedal, no, like and, my boost pedal, yeah. no. and it dies. Yeah. yeah. So. It's been fun. So anyways. Yuck. So that would be my music week. What about you, Todd? Well, um, what did I write down here? Oh, yes. You went to a show this past week, didn't you? We,
0: we did. But in, in addition to that, um, I got the Darlington Flyer ah. from Reeves. Ah. Reeves Electro got the, uh, the, the, the daughter pedal. board, the Darlington Flyer. Well, it is based on a fuzz on a fuzz face, um, with a fat and a narrow sort of you know thick and thin, for lack of better terms, heavy bottom end, uh, tight, uh, mm-hmm. focused. Um, that's on a on a uh, toggle, and then you also have the Darlington flyer. But let me show you this because uh, I got the birdie. the clear backing <laughs> on it, oh, man, the plexi great. backing. Oh my goodness! And it's. His daughter built this, and she's she's doing great. I mean, it's a it's a great, it's a beautiful pedal. It's a beautiful build. It came with she all the stuff. I was just side. so excited. I we we plugged it in yeah. at it uh, good. at uh, Hex's house, and he ripped it up. So, if you want to hear what uh, that sounds like, you can go to uh, go to the Instagram, the Guitar Nob's Instagram, and uh, l- give it a listen. Oh, it's cool! Pink inside. It is pink inside. It's fantastic. That's pretty cool. All right. We need to. Uh, well, speaking of this pedal, um, fortunately, Hex actually had some Tour Gear Designs patch cables. Yes, he did. To string this all up. Uh, thank goodness, because he, we were on an extra long uh, area where he needed a little bit of. It was reach. off the board. It was off the board. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, it so was off the rails. It was off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, as uh, he knows, and as. We all know here, Tour Gear Designs patch cables are the well. Ticket. Maybe
4: Chris doesn't know. Chris, are you aware of Tour Gear
0: Designs patch no, cables? No, I'm
3: listening. Holy yep. moly! <laughs> yes. Let me tell you
0: something, son. <laughs> Tour <laughs> Gear Designs patch cables are the bees knees. Um, they are the you know when you get a pancake jack or mm-hmm. like one of those big square jacks, and you're like this is a big crazy thing on back here, and you got a you got two top mounts and the, and it's mm. jammed in between the nine volt, and you're like yeah the The the, the footprint of the actual input jack is the size of the input jack. I mean, it's super micro. and The cable is flat. They're flat. So when you bend them, you're not stressing them. They're made for that. And they come in S shape and C shape. So S shape, you can go from a top mount to a side mount or vice versa. Nice. In lengths from 3 inches to 24 inches. (laughs)
3: Anyways, uh, fantastic! And I could actually you, use that because I do have cables that are kind of like you know they go up when they're not supposed to to go down. Exactly. To go yes. Or if you're if you got a zigzag on the
0: board because you got to go across and you go and I got to make a connection to the to the other side yeah. on the you know we should get the long cable. Bada bing, bop bow. So so Chris, uh,
2: just yes.
4: for you and for anybody listening, <laughs> for everybody <yes>. else, <laughs> if you go to Tour Gear Designs, check out all the load up your shopping cart. All right, cool. And you can uh, go to your a checkout. Discount? Yes, there is. Ooh. If you go in the coupon code and write the Guitar knobs, all lowercase, all one word, you're gonna save an extra ten percent. Ten percent. Ten percent. Yes, yeah. I said ten percent. Right.
0: They're wicked affordable, <laughs> for Sweet. real. It's a it's a great great a deal. All right. Anyways, thank you to Tour Gear Designs for sponsoring our four on the floor.
1: That's right. Let me get a little bit of this.
2: That was a good one. (laughs) One, two, one, two,
0: three, four on the floor.
3: All right, Chris, Connor, give us your four on the floor. So I'd probably start with King of Tone, Analog Man, kind of like an upgrade from the Blues Driver, which is what I used to use. It's kind of an amp in the box. If you show up at a show, there's a back line, especially like a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe or something like that. The King of Tone, it's got three levels of gain for each side, two foot switches, I'm sure you're familiar but you get like this amp in a box. If it's a clean plat, if you're running into a clean amp, it's awesome. And then the right side, you can turn it into, like a tube screamer, so you can boost for some sustain on your leads. Gets a lot of texture. It cleans up great on the volume knob. So just like a Marshall, it's kind of like you know, if you want to use a Fender amp but get that Marshall sound. Mm-hmm. It's very versatile. Cleans up on the volume. So you got lots of levels of gain. And I'd say I'd start with that. I've had that. I've had that for probably almost maybe 15 years. 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. So I'd run with that. And then next one? Next one. Yeah, I just actually got a backup for that. The wait list is five years now. So they're pretty they're it's <laughs> really <yeah>. ridiculous. It's <laughs> yeah. insane. I I still <laughs>
2: say that guy is an absolute genius in that the fact he's not ramping up production, putting no. them all out yeah. there. He's like, This is how many I'm gonna build and I know I have work for five plus years. Yeah, yeah. so I got one genius. in the in the
3: drawer. I'm gonna hold on to it. The one I have that's yeah. been on my board, it's got little chips all over it. It's been with me, so it's pretty fun. Nice. Um to run into that I'd get a fuzz face or what I've been using is like a full tone octofuzz. Um, even the smaller Octafuzzes, that they I think they discontinue because he's out of business, but even the smaller ones are are great. Um it's for going into like the David Gilmore Big Muff fuzz face, sustainy fuzz. You can boost into the king of tone. Some fuzzes will drop out, and it's good with humbuckers. It's not as it's not like as good as a fuzz fuzz face in that. Like, if you if you just use a fuzz face and you're not using anything else, you can clean up with your volume knob. Um, you just boost right in the king of tone. It gives those big violin-like sustains. It's got a nice, crunchy, fat, like Mick Ronson uh, fuzz tone. So if yeah. you're looking for fuzz, keep the king of tone on. Just step on the, the OctaFuzz. And it's not finicky with... It's actually got an octave switch, too. I leave the octave off for the fuzz sound. Then every once in a while, if you want to go to the octave, you can. It's not finicky with the impedance issues like um, some people Mm. have with wah pedals. So it's just tried and true. You can stick it on your board. It's good to go. You can find them pretty much anywhere. They're not that expensive. Do you find
0: that you have... I know with some of those pedals, like I have his version of the fuzz face, the uh, BC... BC, uh, 140-something. No, 108. Okay. Yeah, whatever it's it is BC. yeah it's a blue one anyways yep. um, and in order for me to get anywhere near unity like mm. I had to absolutely it was just full on and I know that that is that happens with some of the other
3: pedals in his line did you have the same so issue so not here? with that one but I know what okay. you're talking about because the fuzz faces are can be like that depending yeah. on how they're biased some aren't like I think the, 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 Hend- the Hendrix fuzz the one that they put out that Dunlop puts out now, but like the big disc and some yeah. of the small ones are well, really this good. Is,
0: this is the full tone one,
3: right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I was just saying, like, most a lot of fuzz faces oh, have yeah, that yeah, issue, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. the like if you're looking for a fuzz face to jump into a boost into a pedal, I think that the the newer production and even some of the older um, Dunlop fuzz faces actually have a lot of volume on tap, but the OctaFuzz has plenty of volume on tap. Got it, okay,
2: that, cool. That probably changes too, depending on if you're running something active in front of it. It'll, it'll, yeah. it'll work differently. Like I mean, if you just, already put a low
0: piece. Just nothing, I just, right, when right, I got right, it, right. I was only like gonna go right and into it, it. and then I was like, Yeah, whereas if the? you would
2: have a, some sort of buffer in front of it, I, it would possibly solve that problem for you. So, FYI, mm. if you wanna try that sometime. Interesting. Like you've always run that, uh, what do you always run that you're always on pedal? I, you guys both talked about. Uh, EP boost.
4: EP yeah. boost. Like, oh. if you
2: would put that in front of it or something, you'd probably be like, oh, crap, okay, now I don't okay. have to crank it.
0: Interesting. So, anyways, that just kind of goes guy. against putting th- that as
3: the first...
2: It'll work differently. Yep. Yeah, and it <laughs> will react different. Uh <laughs> Okay,
3: so how about number three? So, number three, I would probably go with delay, and I use carbon copies. It seems like they're just, you can get them anywhere, Solar pedal. throw a carbon copy on. They're, I think they're great. I use two, but we're, since we're doing four on the floor, I would just pick one. I could roll with the uh, Octafuzz uh, King of Tone and then get that carbon copy. I would roll with that. I think they're great. Good, what do you good. What do
4: you like best about it? Is it the tone um, of the, or the?
3: I think I think I like that. It's sort of darker on the back end. It's not for everyone, mm-hmm. but you can have it. The mix pretty high, and it doesn't. Cloud your mid, like when you're lead playing. Like sometimes I can't even, I got pretty high, can't even tell that it's really on. Mm. But if you turn it off, you can tell that it was on. You know what I mean? So it's not like if I'm playing a lead and I'm hitting the flurry of notes, it's, it's, I'm not getting a really clear image back. So it's It's like,
2: since it's darker, kind of, yeah, it stays out of the way. So you get this nice,
3: expansive, dreamy sort of vibe.
2: Um, That's a
0: really good way to put it because I think a lot of people struggle with that. I know uh, when I was setting up, the HX stomp to try to find a delay uh, mm-hmm. that I that I like. Some of it i was just like this. Uh, I'm gonna sound like a moron if I'm doing it this. overtakes. I mean I yeah. will anyways, but uh, it does. It it overtakes it, and and then you just have this like collision of notes that are like yeah Duh.
2: yeah. As with most things, a lot of times what you think like okay that's that's the right amount. Less is more. Yeah. You know.
3: Yes. So, yeah. So I think yeah, just for vibe. If you're if you're incorporating delay like maybe the edge did, maybe mm-hmm. you want a brighter delay. Because yeah. you want to hear those. Yeah, that's pronounced. Right. Yeah. But he I know he used a memory man, so I think it was a little bit you know, that was part of his style, whereas I'm just looking for like some expense some um some vibe. You know, so yeah. okay. just a little yeah. bit of movement. Yeah. That's right.
0: Yeah. I'm doing the same thing.
3: Yeah. With, it, uh, I
0: I got the um uh, the, I, the old Ibanez the 80s Ibanez delay the DL the 89 yeah
3: is it is that a, is that a purple one
0: uh yeah Idolized it's like it. purpley oh, pink okay. that's cool yeah it's great and it's it's like I'm like that's exactly what I was trying to get for just an always on just a little bit of lift and uh, and just a just that little extra ness the air in the in the the signal because I I do stuff that is pretty it's it's punchy and i need it to be like i need attack yeah and and i and i want that attack to be relatively articulate but not overly precise right and that does
3: it beautifully yeah anyway number four and then the number four um the line six mm4 because it has all the it's the modulation one so it's got Ah. it's got four foot switches so you got one power supply for you get four pedals in one basically you can get a Univibe out of it. Typically, I'll run Univibe like DL9. Right, but it, it, well, it's like you know how they have the the green one. Yeah, the oh, green okay. delay. That's the it's. It got discontinued. I'm not what sure how popular was it was. It's blue. Yeah, the no, MM4. No, I,
2: I remember when uh, uh, Corey and Lang. Like okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they DD9. get those, yeah, okay. right, yeah, yeah.
3: So you know, I use Univibe in there. A couple trems. If you're trying to get, depending on what music, what you're playing, you can get like a DL4. really four. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're talking. There's yeah, a lot DL4. of math four. going okay. on. Yeah, my yeah, bad Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the M four. Yeah, okay. you can get, you know, phasers. Typically, I use a couple trems, trims, uh, like a really pronounced trim and then one that's subtle. Mm-hmm. So you can just let notes ring and just kind of if you're doing like a singer songwriter thing, you can just get a nice, some nice trim going. So for, is
2: it four presets?
3: You can preset, so you you dial in whichever one you want. Right. You can have four trims,
2: right? Right, four speeds. of whatever. Yeah.
3: But so it you, also pages up and down, right? Nope, no, you no, just no, got to no. pick four. No. You pick your four oh, okay, things for it. your gig. Typically, I run a UniVibe. Great with a fuzz, obviously, kind of that Hendrixy thing. the The sounds are really good. You can find a UniVibe that sounds better, but unless you're A being. I mean, if you're live, it's actually, and I've used it on the recordings before, where it sounds really good. Maybe there's a better one, but if you don't compare it right at the moment to the better one, Mm -hmm. it's it's perfect. So, if it's doing the
0: thing for the song, then it's right. Right, and
3: it's got one power supply. That's the thing. You got like a pedal power. You got eight outs, and then you got the. Sometimes I'll jump off of a TU2 to get nine. You can jump out I mean, of yeah, the TU2. Yeah, yeah. And then I can plug maybe once one pedal or maybe even the line six into the back of the pedal power two. Mm-hmm. So you can get basically. Accessory. Yeah. So, but I think having one, you know, four pedals for one is key on that.
2: And uh, I can imagine, I'm probably a little bit like you too with. Um, I don't. I don't like to page up, page down. I, don't, I. I just like to. I hit this button, and it turns on this sound. And that's, Absolutely. And so that being a little more old school kind of pedal, where you don't have to page, right. And go through presets. You just label it with a little label maker. This is my. That's right. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Or you did, could have Pete, they Pete Cornish one?
4: do one for you. I don't know if they uh, have, but you can find them.
2: Because they reissued the DL4. I don't yeah. know if they reissued the rest of them in that series. I, I or don't nine. believe
0: that that is. They <laughs> just has happened. did the just the DL4. Yeah.
2: Uh, come on, Line Six. <laughs>
0: Anyways, hey, that was really great. Thanks, yeah, man. Uh, we always yeah. get new things and learn new things, and that's what this—that's what this episode is about uh, specifically. Specifically. So, um, with our remaining ten minutes, we're yes. gonna yes. go. Through. Here we go.
2: Speed. <laughs> Sorry,
1: hey,
0: here's we, the history we, of
4: Marshall. It's starting in 19- <laughs> Guys, We like oh, to you. talk
0: about all this stuff, and yeah, hey, you have a week between episodes, so we can make this a four-hour one, and I'd like to see somebody cry about that. Yes. All right. Anyways, we are going to learn all about. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Marshall. (laughs) So um, I guess let me first do this uh, before we deep dive into things. I would love to know from each of you, like, what is it about Marshall that you like?
3: Okay. Chris, we'll start with you. Um, You know, for me, Marshall... Can I, you first I, I want to. Oh my gosh. Well, no, Rob. no, 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 no. Let's no. this, this go back to
2: this. Uh, and I think we should do this for Jared, too. What Marshalls do you currently own?
3: So I'm down to, well, I have four. I have a 69 Plexi 100 watt Super Lead. I have a 69 50 watt base, It's Plexi. 71 uh, small box, 50 watt, 1987. Okay, 1987. And then I'm a 1974. It's, it's a 50 watt, it's a Mark II so oh, okay so, so you got
2: 350 watts 100 watt mm-hmm. and you've got a, a base 50 a lead 50 and two lead 50s then basically correct two lead 50s a base 50 and a, okay
3: i've I have, I've had 10 bef- at one point because this was back in the day before <laughs> and i don't <laughs> want to derail they went crazy well but, uh, before you can all these youtube videos where mm. you can figure here what they sound like i kind of needed to buy them you can't you won't walk into a music store in columbus and see an old plexi nope. sitting around so in order to hear one you had to actually reach out and find one and
2: it, right. So, so okay. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I thought that was important. No, just, that, that's just a to of of fair play, he, Rob. He is, fair play. Because Marshall, like we're going to talk about, has changed so much over the years. That's where Chris is kind of centered that right now. I think that's a great
0: idea, Andy. Okay. How about yourself?
2: Um, I actually own no Marshalls.
0: Have you owned a Marshall?
2: Oh yeah. I've okay. Owned, uh, oh, I can't remember them all. I don't think I've had anything well, in the 60s. Name your favorite though. one that you mm-hmm. had. My favorite one I ever had. Um, I think my buddy Justin still has it. Um, you should get that back. Uh, no, because last time I talked to him, he wasn't interested in selling it. Um, <laughs> it was a Marshall that I actually bought from another buddy when I was like 20 years old. It went through a fire in a bar. And I bought the head and the 412. I'm going to get the year wrong. It was 78 or 79. It was a 50-watt uh, 2204 circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had gone through a fire, bought the head and the cabinet right. together. I think I paid four or $500 for both well. of them.
0: Yeah, and by the way, so we are already throwing around a lot of math and yeah. a lot of inside baseball. But w- the whole point of this, ladies and gentlemen, is that we're going to address all these things in a very layman's friendly term. So, try. if I can understand it, I think most most everybody else should be able to.
2: So, anyways, that was probably my favorite. Jared, Jared is what are you dying, dying right to tell
0: us what he has.
2: Uh, I want
1: to do show and tell. Yeah, <laughs> I have a 1973 uh, J a JMP. Hundred watt mark II uh, super lead, yeah. Uh, and at one point somebody put a gain stage in it, which makes it very usable for somebody like me. Uh, so the collector, uh, the collectability is gone, but but the utility is still there, and it's it's very loud. And I have a 78 ish uh, JMP with the master. It's got a master, master volume, volume, and that is all stock. I also have a, a DSL. Uh, two thousand a uh, J G- JCM G- two thousand DSL yeah. DSL and Rob has actually worked on it, and that's the one I would take out if I yeah <coughs> for gigs and stuff like that.
0: We're also gonna cover all the acronyms. So there you go. Okay, great, cool, that's Tanya.
1: Well, the only Marshall I currently
0: own
4: is is, an, is a Vox AC thirty. <laughs> is a Vox AC there? Uh, no. Can I take a
2: guess what it is? Go ahead. It's you, a little... Have you got the yeah nineteen seventy four combo?
4: No, it's a class five. So it's a little 5-watt. Oh, watt, yeah.
2: OK, yeah, I remember those.
4: Um, and it's a great amp. I, I mean, forgot about those. Yeah. And the reason that I bought that one is I was looking at a, a just I went into a, a small amp phase. And I was going to get another Vox, like an AC4 or something like that. Um, and I, I, I got to look at where they were being made. And the, and the Class 5 was made in the U.K., Really, and it was the amp that really saved Marshall, uh, as we know it because that the, the people there were making these. They were Korg had been sending things overseas, but they still wanted to maintain some presence in the UK. And the factory, uh, in the UK, this was the first amp. That, now, of course, they've subsequently started you know, production again, yeah, but this was the first amp that did that. Now, hmm. prior to that. I had a JCM 800 212 50 watt combo, which the f- I, I, well, I can still get it if I need it. My friend Fritz has it now, but um, it is, that was the best sounding I, amp I've, that, I've
2: That's ever what I was going to say. Of, of all the 800s I've had come through the shop, the 2204, so that's 50 watt, 2204, yep. generally the either late 70s JMPs or the combos, those 800 combos are my yep. favorite. I don't know what it is about those.
4: Yeah. So that had you know it's got two greenbacks in it and I oh, mean it wow. just it just sounds perfect. Cool. Nice. Yeah.
2: Todd,
3: you got well, something?
0: Yes, I have the Origin fifty, uh which is the it's a fifty watt head. I also have the combo version of that so that I can I just keep the combo, uh the, the one twelve combo in my home and I practice through that um writing and all that stuff. And then when I'm playing at our rehearsal space, I have the 50-watt the head, uh, the Origin 50-watt head, and um, a 212 vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, are, um, I got a mix of uh, uh, basically a cream back and a green back, the versions of uh, the warehouse the speakers, the ET65 and the, oh, what's the, uh, not the veteran, uh, crumb. I forget the I forget the name of it but anyways mm, yeah um, <clears throat> and that one is uh, for whatever reason I have never really been into the Marshall sound as I at least as I thought because I associated it with a lot of other things and almost every club I've ever been into if somebody's playing it I'm just like wow it just doesn't it doesn't sound that doesn't sound like what the records I in my head sound like. And so I've just kind of avoided him, and wanted to find my own sound. And then lo and behold, uh, it's a Marshall. So and,
2: awesome. And, and you know, the, this is important probably what you've always heard, like okay, you know, whatever the Joe Perry, this is a this is a Marshall sound. Why can't I get out of this? Yeah. Uh, well, first thing is you have to put it in a room that's about half a mile away from you.
0: <laughs> I mean, because that's fair. And those crank sounds it. And are. Crank it.
2: Yeah, and then and then hit it with the treble booster or something else in front, so it's Hmm. like you know. So if you're going to play at any moderate size stage as a local original band, can't do it. Right. So so that so that
0: actually (laughs) goes to the next question, which is the good and the bad of what we deem to be you know about Marshall. I think it's worth touching on that, and then we're going to get into the to the good details.
2: Well, I think it's kind of neat too. Like you know, Chris is obviously into more of the non-master volume stuff. Where right. Jared said, you know, he's got three. He's got one from each separate kind of era. You know, he's yeah. even though you, the, your JMP, its master volume is late 70s, it's the same as an 800, basically. Yeah. So he's he's really got something from, you know, the non-master volume, the single-channel master volume 800s. And he's got the next one, the DSL. So three progressively different eras. But he said if he was doing a cover gig, he'd take out a DSL. I'd agree with that, you yeah. know, because you yeah. can get it at a relative volume. So yeah. it's neat that, you know.
0: Yeah. Every, yeah. Depending and on and what honestly, I for. think a lot of people, at least that I've been around and, and a lot of punk bands and stuff, they I don't know if they just don't know how to EQ it right or their pedals are colliding with what's going what the amps trying to do. Or, and the volumes on like two because they've got, you know, a DSL 2000 and, and there's a, you know.
3: Yeah, I, I think Marshall is tricky to some to <clears throat> in some sense. Um, you can get them so they're not, you know, they're like modded or they don't sound that good, mm-hmm. um, especially the older ones. Uh, I've heard some that didn't sound as good, but you know, when you get a, get them to a tech, and like Rob, of course, um, then to me they just they're just magnificent. It's an experience, really. I don't, I never took them out to the gigs as much. They're they are big, they are pretty loud. I have a Fry at Power Station. It's a great power soak, so that's why I can actually use my hundred now. I had a couple other hundreds I sold because. The 50s, you could at least get them into. You know, if you're if you have mm-hmm. them at home or somewhere, you can. They're they're not that much quieter, but it was a little more reasonable. 100s pretty even that extra 3 dB, it can be you know pretty pretty loud. And I was using hot plates.
0: Yeah.
3: The uh, the hot plates are step down, whereas the fry the fry at power stations got a volume knob. We'll, we'll so, get it. Yeah. Let, so we'll, the, let's
0: ta- get into what, what you're talking about right now, like attenuation and all yeah. that yeah. stuff. When we hit so, that stuff, bit, yeah. okay. Um. Okay. What about a quick?
2: Uh, you want to start with a quick history of, of Marshall from Tony?
0: Yeah. So wait. Let's just. So what do we all, like? Everybody say at one what the what they like about the Marshall on three ready one two three. A to tone, the sound.
2: sound. Yeah.
4: Okay. There we go. I mean,
0: just to make just to be one hundred percent clear. <laughs> okay. Tony.
4: Yes. Take it away, baby. All righty. So let's start with a brief. No, I mean get out. Oh. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> no, go. You ahead, always go ahead. kick me out at the good parts. Um, let's start with a, a brief history of, of the man behind the company, you Jim did. Marshall. Yes, I've, I actually have, I, I was going to bring my three Nam T shirts that he signed for me, but. Uh, you have a
1: picture of him in your
4: shop. I do have a picture of him. me shaking Jim Marshall's hand. Yes. So, uh, Jim Marshall was born in 23, 1923, not 2023, 20, 100 years ago. Wow. And as a child, he suffered from uh, this. I never heard of this before. I started reading this, but a tuberculosis of oh, the bones. Jeez! And he spent most of his school years in basically. Uh, uh, well, that's a, how
0: the kids get rickets, wasn't it? Is that how rickets were?
4: I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's. But right. anyhow, he spent most of his childhood in a, in a cast <laughs> from his armpits down to his ankles, and uh, he spent a lot of years trying to overcome. You know, both muscular and and bone degeneration, and in fact, he became a tap dancer. That you know that his dad thought that that would help him would help, him, right. help him with that. So um, the problem was in this. It comes World War II. Uh, he failed his physical for the armed forces, uh, and and so instead he studied engineering on his own, which is interesting. Um, and then he worked as a toolmaker during the war and after the war. Um, after the war, he started be- drumming and became a full-time drummer in 1946. Actually, he probably drummed before that, but that was his, you know, official. It's like Doctor Z, like Doctor Z, and Leo Fender. No, it was Leo? No, Leo, no, Leo, wasn't Leo a drummer. was. Not, he was not a drummer. He was just a nothing. Yeah, he was the man or the yeah, he's a man of the screwdriver. Technician. Uh, <laughs> I bet he could play some mean drums. Maybe congas. I think he was a conga player. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he started teaching drums and he trained a lot of up-and-coming drummers at the time. Mitch Mitchell was, is it Mitch Mitchell? Uh, yeah. Jimmy Hendrix's yeah. drummer? Yeah.
1: Yes.
4: Yeah. Um, and he saved up enough money in the fifties to open up his uh, his own drum shop in in a West London store. And a quick aside, I dragged our hosts when we were uh, in in London to that. It's. I mean, it's pretty far out there. It's, it's about as far west in London as you can get. I just wanted to go there, and there's a little placard there that said Jim Marshall sold his first amp in this location. Huh. That's kind yeah, it, of cool. It's now a dry cleaner or something like that. And, um, anyhow, he uh, he started building bass and PA cabinets around 1960. Um, not guitar stuff because the you know I guess there were other amps out there. Bass players were always complaining that they couldn't be heard, so he was using 12-, 15-, and eighteen-inch speakers in his cabinets. Um, when drummer and also he obviously had a drum shop, when drummers and bass players came in with their their guitar players, they wanted to know why he didn't offer guitars and amps. So he said, "Huh, I think I'll start offering uh, guitars and amps." And he was smart about it because at the time, Gibson's and Fenders were kind of difficult to get in the uk uh
0: wasn't pete townsend the guy that that actually is the one that did that because he was hanging around in jim jim marshall's shop for exactly ages ages.
4: yeah i mean apparently jim knew uh pete from a very young age yeah yeah. and he was hanging in the shop so we may not even have the marshall amp if it weren't for pete townsend uh, certainly not the eight by 12 cabinets <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah I mean that was one of the things because as you know music got louder and, and especially in the 1960s they wanted bigger and bigger amps both for bass and guitar keyboards sometimes the accordion you know
2: never the accordion
4: <laughs> how, how much of that do we think that
0: that is also a result of uh, shows maybe starting to
4: be bigger? Because 100%. traditionally, like, those rock shows, because oh, yeah. you know, yeah. rock was still, like, not really well, a thing. Well, yeah, yet. I mean, when you think about the Beatles when they toured, I mean, Vox made them special 50-watt and 100-watt and 200-watt, eventually, for bass, uh, and they still couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Imagine standing in front of a 200-watt amp
0: and playing it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, make well, your it would probably make your knees the... buckle. Actually, I can. I, I While we're on the Marshall thing, it was a 200 watt marsh lamp, and I've stood in front of it and played it. Jeez. I immediately fried a vintage 30 ah, and a 412. Wow. One of them just just like that went zip, <laughs> and I was like, okay, turn wow. it down. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, back to Tony. All
4: right. So in 1962, a gentleman by the name of Ken Brand came on board as Ken the Brand. the service engineer. Um, and at the time, he suggested, I guess, to Jim that. You know, why are we importing all this stuff? We can just we, make our own. Yeah, well, let's what they were, make our
2: own amps. What they were doing up until that point, they were buying other people's pre-made amps, basically. Yeah, and selling them. So they weren't uh, like branded, but they were like kitty kind of things that they were buying. They were pre-assembled and then mating them with their amps. Okay. And I think it was Ken that first went to Jim and said, "Why are you know? Why are we?" Buying this generic thing, I can make this if we source the parts. Yeah. And he had two other friends that were in, a, I think, a ham radio group with him. I think that's right. That's how they Like all a comedy knew each routine? Other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yes. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were all uh, engineers and they were all part of a, like an amateur ham radio group locally. And so he pulled them in to help them. you know. Nerds. And that would be Create. two
4: gentlemen by the name of names of uh, called, two gentlemen called. Dudley Craven, and Ken Underwood, is that correct? Yep,
2: yep. And and Dudley ended up working for Marshall. Also, he, mm-hmm. he came on board as a actual employee. I don't think Ken Underwood ever did. No, but uh, but those three are actually the ones responsible for.
4: And let's not forget uh, Jim's son Terry. Terry, Terry was working there too because that was he was like the uh, it was like a father yeah. and son uh, music store. Yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, all right. after Talk the suggestion, the first, all they started a bit making that. some things. As they say, the rest is history. There you go. So, what
2: was the first Marshall?
4: The first Marshall, the JTM forty-five. And you know, at first, it didn't have to have a name at all. It was just. It was just the amp. Marshall. It was just it was the just amp. Marshall. Yeah. By the way, this
0: is the point that we're going to kind of go through, almost all. Well, maybe I guess all. The major milestones. In, yeah, in, in, yeah.
2: And we're in, not going to talk about. There's like way too many other. Oh, I
0: mean, what what we that.
4: cover here is just kind of scratching the surface. It's so that but you it's, can walk you around like, and have a conversation. Yeah. Okay. So the JTM forty five. So that's the first one. Started off life as a head. Yes. Many people recognize it from later versions, but let's start Let's talk a little bit about that.
2: Where did it come from? Where did it come from?
4: From Ken Bran. Well,
2: it really came exactly. Well, it
4: started off, let's just say um, Marshall owes a lot to Fender, yeah. specifically and, the basement
2: and, and I've seen stuff like on different pages and different forums and people say, well, it, it's it's very much like a basement or it's, it's had this change or that change. The circuit, as far as the capacitors, where they're wires from A to B, the resistor values from A to B are identical to a 5F6A, or a five F6A, which yes. is the. And this is coming from baseline. the actual
0: amp expert. Yeah. Yeah. If yes. you open
2: up an, a, a first run JTM45 and a basement of that era, they are identical. Now, of course, the transformers are going to be specced a little different right. because you're halfway around the world or a quarter of the way around, you know. Um, Pre- and so, so amp
3: tube, g- maybe? See what? Was there a preamp tube difference, 12AX7 versus 12AX7? There was, actually. 187?
2: You're right. Um, I don't know on Holy the very cow, first ones or guy. not. I don't know if it was the very first Long ones or, or shortly thereafter. Yeah, they, they used the 12AX7 mm-hmm. rather than a 12AY7? That might be right. CC I think it's an AY7, which, oh, yeah. which basically mm-hmm. means that um, the AX7 is a, has a higher gain factor to it um so yeah yeah I think gain
0: factor you're right. meaning you're gonna if it wasn't have the very first ones
2: yeah yeah okay. and it's gonna be not so much louder it'll just break up much sooner and be raunchier okay with a 12 ax7 in it
3: okay um but yeah i think so, that was the
2: really yeah and the
3: first. basement's already aggressive pretty aggressive amp yeah it's
2: because it. it's a tweet it's, yeah. it's it's not the later tamed down yeah, yeah. right it's, yeah
4: so, these amps, of course, you know, they they started off with either 6L6s or 5881s, as they're called in the UK. And those are the tubes, everybody. The power tubes. Remember, we got a ton. The power tubes, a power of them. Yes. You got a power of them in there. And uh, later versions, they even beefed them up to the KT66s, which are a little higher output, a physically bigger tube. Physically bigger. Um, And uh, also at this early stage, the GZ34 rectifier tube,
2: yeah, which is important because after a little while here, they they phase out the GZ34 probably for reliability and cost and all that stuff, right? But it drastically changed the amps, okay?
0: So I'm gonna be a man on the street, okay? Uh, I have a couple questions. First of all, tell us what JTM stands for. JTM comes from Jim. And Terry Terry Marshall. Marshall. There you go. JTM. Now we all know. And the 45 is for the 40 watts. 45 45 watts. watts, Now, Conservatively. When you just said, I just want you to do as brief as you can. I know that we tried to do this before, and you gave me the faith. It's tough. In in one of the other episodes that we've done. The difference between, so when we're saying the power amps and the rectifiers, Mm -hmm. can you just give a... Like super,
2: yeah. Uh, the rectifier tube, the job of a rectifier tube is to change the AC voltage to DC, which everything else in the amp runs on DC voltage. That's a rectifier tube, that's its only job switch okay. AC to DC. An output tube, I don't like calling them power tubes because they're okay. not power tubes, it's kind of confusing there. An output tube, typically use an output su- uh, section of an amp, is the last stage that amplifies. The, the signal it actually changes it the to signal a signal that the
0: rectifier has helped create.
2: No, that the whole preamp stage. So, oh, so, so the rectifier yeah. tube changes AC to DC volts. Right. That sends out to the preamp and the output section, so they right. can work. Right. Preamp is all your manipulation. Get it from a very low signal to a higher signal with your EQ and everything. Then it goes to the output stage, your 6L6 or KT66, to pump up the current so it can drive a speaker.
4: Right. Now. The big deal here talking about the rectifier tube is
0: rectifier.
4: <laughs> yes, that's Cornulio. that would be it. <laughs> with a with a tube rectifier versus a solid state rectifier, let's just say you're playing and you hit a a real a chord really hard with a tube rectifier. It actually causes the tube to go what, and it, yeah. and it's you get this like sag. That. Yeah. Versus a solid state, pretty much follows the voltage, you know, no matter how hard you hit it or whatever. But there's there's just a certain amount of sag that comes from. Tube rectifiers. The, right?
2: <laughs> the tube rectifier has a resistance and as you pull more current through it, it pulls the voltage down. Right. That's what happens with that. So, so it you,
4: kind of browns the amp out yeah, as we the say. The full
2: voltage of the amp will, will sag for a moment depending on how hard you hit it. Yeah. Okay.
4: All right.
0: That's why that's probably why some of the times if, if you hear a solid state amp, it doesn't uh it, it might sound almost for lack of better terms, clinical.
2: It could, if, if you had two amps sitting extra, let's say you had a vintage JTM 45, and yeah. you put a tube rectifier on one, put a solid state rectifier on the other, the tube rectifier will sound, it'll sound like it responds more to your playing, because it does, as you hit harder, the voltages change, um, and it will brown out a little more, where the solid state will be more punchy, more in your face, okay. maybe more clinical yeah. sounding.
0: Okay, and, and explain brown it, because these are terms that we need to
4: set right now, Okay. As we go through brown, okay. brown out, brown out. Think Eddie Van Halen with a Variac. Okay. Running lower voltage into an amp. Think of the sound when you, if you have a tube amplifier, and when you you're playing, and if you turn the power switch off, that at that sound as it starts to the volume goes down and down. Right yeah. about fifty percent. You're you're that it's dropping your voltage about that much. So you, it really starts to grit and grind and. Spit and, at and you. that's and that is what we and ent- uh, take
0: as like overdrive, the sound of that like it's, an it's, overdriven it's, it's a, sound. It's a,
2: it's a it's a different type of overdrive. It, y- yes, you're right. It 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 clips sooner.
0: But I'm just talking about the end result.
2: Well, it, it but it's more than just overdrive. It's it's if you take an amp with a tube rectifier and crank like it up fry, and hit a hard, bit of fry to it. Well, yeah, but but you're also notice that that you hit the note and for a split second it's loud then it's quiet then it comes back up it's and it's a whole dynamic change and as it happens it's not the same signal that drops and then comes back up right as it goes down it breaks up differently
0: yeah
2: and then it comes so it's it's okay.
0: this i'm just trying to i'm it's, trying it's to tough, paint i'm playing like, yeah, i don't right. playing, it, it, i and this don't is know one it of the tough I, things about yeah.
2: like these kinds of amps and, and old Marshall, like we started to talk about is that until you sit in front of one and turn it up and hit that chord and you talk about all these terms, but then when you hit that core the first time, you're like, "Oh, oh. yeah, oh, yeah. that's what that is." Okay, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's hard. It's I understand what you're trying to do, but yeah, yeah it's really right. hard to describe okay, that. Well, yeah,
0: I, I'm trying everybody out there. So you're working at it, you know. So mind your sag, mind so your yeah. sag. So
2: the JTM45, it's a baseman with a 12x7 on the front end. It has a tube rectifier. Yep. What else do we need to know about?
0: Um I want to know what is what do you think the difference between the street cost between a, an OG basement versus an OG <laughs> JTM 45?
2: Chris
3: I think they're I'm, I'm not sure. I'd have to look. I don't shop I don't shop for those because they're a lot yeah, of my price range, but I would maybe the basement would be more. You think? I don't know. Those old basements are I and, and, don't know, and, and
2: I guess it would. Well, you know, I bet you one of the f- very first series JTM 45s, like from sixty two. Okay, 62, yeah, the, the that first, would have of to course, be. Of course,
3: that yeah, the, like the white the, ones. The, one was the, the white with the white grill
2: because the five F, five F six A, 5F, 5F6A, which is the the fifty nine baseman, they made from the okay. first one to the last one. They were all the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. are like, the J Z 45, they kind of went through change, so the first ones would be made differently. Right. No, I agree. So probably, I guess a, an actual 45, early 45 Ooh, would probably, probably. be allowed. What yeah, are we looking I mean, at? I'm
0: curious. Uh, uh, well, I just saw one that says Marshall JTM 45 Mark II, $12,000. Okay. So I think a
3: basement might be around 10, don't you think? A 59 basement? Yeah, 59. It, it could so be. They're
4: I mean, mean they're, they're probably about the same. I would think that the Marshalls <coughs> would be a little <coughs> bit higher.
3: Wow, which um, which Jared has to go pee.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are those are two
3: Holy Grail type amps. So they're yeah, they're yeah, I'm just like, I'm just checking it's, the. C. It's, it's yeah. not Tom's like, like always for, worried
2: about what they cost. For instance, like a
3: Sunburst <laughs> yes. Les Paul fifty nine versus even like a fifty nine Strat. I think the Les Paul is going to be yeah, considerably higher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So, for a good reason. By so. the way. <laughs> You know, so one good,
0: one good, I don't like Stratocasters. Okay.
3: Yeah, this is an ongoing one thing. One good uh, and we're probably gonna get to this. One good like 1965 was that JTM forty five in a combo was Eric Clapton's the Bluesbreaker right. album. Yeah, that's the
2: next thing on the list.
3: Stepping yeah. out stepping out. If you wanna go listen to like one of those amps sounds like it's on ten. And I think it blew people's minds because it was a Les Paul through a JTM forty five. Bluesbreaker combo, yeah, it's and you can tell it's different. It's really aggressive, really loud. It's just got a ton of sustain. It's well, really... we
4: are, we're we're going to talk about that because there is a huge difference in the reissue versus the original Bluesbreaker. But before we get there, um, the one thing I thought was really cool about the JTM45, and this led to, so I think originally Jim made a four x twelve cabinet. And um, it was like a standard box, right? And he did not like the way, the not like the look of the head sitting on this big box. And it led him to develop the slanted slant cab. cab so that the, the head is the same depth as that top of the slant. Really? And that is, I mean, that to me is an iconic. It is. Fort. But it's, it's also,
0: well, if you're playing, it's super helpful. Well, yeah. If you're playing in front of it, because now you have something not directed at your butt, but you got something, you know, yeah.
4: shooting up at your, at so, your head. sure. So I think that, I mean, that 4x12 cabinet with the slant is, I mean, it, it also helped define the sound of Marshall. Yeah. And for, uh, for as you said, from a player standpoint, having two speakers shooting up towards you a little bit more than straight out at your knees... Yeah. Makes a lot of lot of, uh, lot of sense. Good
0: thinking there, Mr. Marshall.
2: Hey, real quick before we go on to the the, the next model here, I just want to back up just really quick. We talked about the, the Dudley, Ken and Ken, being yes. the guys that built the amps and everything. Yep. Let's talk about Jim's participation in that. So, so he wasn't actually building the amps, even the early
4: 45s. I don't think so, no.
2: But he was the guy who really quickly, they, they built, I don't know what it was, 10 or 20 of these amps out of Dudley's shed from what the lore is. And then they brought him to Jim and Jim would meet him with a cabinet and put the Marshall branding on it very early on in that process. Jim said, okay, we're selling these really quick. Let me bring everything in house. Let me rent this extra space down here. I'm going to hire you guys. So he saw like the bigger picture, like, Hey, there's yeah. some money to be made here. Yeah. And he like,
0: knew all the musicians, musicians really, yeah. really well. well he had so. A,
2: yeah. So rather than be a middleman between an amp builder and then him, he was like, no, 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 I can brand this as my amp you know, make it into a marshal, and, you know.
0: And I'm going to put them in the hands of all the guys that are coming in. And I
2: think from what little I know that that was Jim's role and then a lot of Terry's role, his son as well, is, you know, making it a company rather than being concerned about yeah. the electronic yeah. stuff, yeah, you know?
4: and I, I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, when we were talking about Voxes, there was a similar dynamic, right? Uh, but yeah. anyhow, sorry, All right.
2: sorry, continue, Sony.
4: The famous Blues Breaker, this is the famous Blues Breaker, so it's the next model. It's essentially a JTM 45 co- uh, combo. combo 64 to 72, 1964 to 1964 72, 1964 to 1972. Okay. and again, they made a combo in either by a 4 by 10. Or a 2x12, similar to what Fender was doing, but they also added tremolo uh, mm-hmm. on, the, on the blues breaker. Quick question 4x10 versus the
0: 2x12, is there a consensus on what the sound of the blues breaker really 212. 212? is? 212. 212,
1: okay. Is, well, I what about so. the breakup thing? What breaks up
2: more between those two? I, I I don't I wouldn't say it's a breakup difference. Probably a, a EQ tone yeah. difference. It may
3: be like which guitar you're playing. Maybe certain guitar players picked the 410 because it gelled with their signal chain more. I guess depending on what the yeah.
2: If memory serves right, one was marketed as a lead option and one was marketed as something else can't remember what it was they actually had different model numbers for those like one one was a jtm 45 slash something yeah and yeah so there was there was there was a purpose that they marketed and designed the two of them i i don't know if like guitar players actually stuck with it or
4: yeah (laughs) i would agree though that the two by 12 is
2: yeah that's the one that's the one that's That's the one one. yeah i've never seen a uh 410 in person as anyone else nope
0: nope yeah so, I just okay, I well, just read about well, there we go. So that <laughs> we cannot necessarily confirm that, although it is in the book. They made. <laughs> they, now, they didn't reissue Anybody it four
1: times. No, that's a good point.
2: They didn't reissue loop it. it in the you just go ahead and send it to us, care of. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
4: Okay. Now, I guess towards the end of the run. Now, did some of these have KT88s in them as well? I don't think so.
3: I think that was
2: the no.
4: 200 watt version. Okay, so those they got yeah. the 200. yeah. So we, we
2: got to talk about that one. So, so the
4: that. KT66 oh. is 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 the big power output tubes. Output. Thank tubes. you. I'll stand stand <laughs> Thank corrected.
2: You. Thank you.
4: Um, and this is so uh, both the, the original JTM45 and the Blues Breakers were reissued in 1989. Yeah. Now here's the big caveat. Yeah. Um. The original Bluesbreaker cabinet depth is 12 inches. The reissue is nine inches. Really? Yes. Wow, really. And the, the originals were 12 inches deep to accommodate the larger tubes. And there is a tonal difference, as I'm told, between those two versions, the uh, and mainly because of the size the depth of the cabinet. So I, I guess you know the lesson to be learned here. I mean, I, I don't know if they were doing a true. Uh, what, you mean re-issue. why did they do? Why did they not? I mean, make I know it, why they did it because they they didn't have KT sixty sixes to put in there. They were working with six L sixes, so they said, "Well, why would we make a dash bag? Let's just know, drop it down three inches." Okay, well,
2: now here is something too. I I don't know about the Blues Breaker reissue, but the jtm forty five reissue, mm-hmm. depending on when you got it, they came stock with 5881s at one point, and then they switched to 6L6. And so I, I've had them yeah. come in the shop with all different kinds yeah. of, you know. Well, and it's the same circuit, though. Right. You know, they just – so I don't know if they were doing that, uh, if it was a, even a, a thought-out process at that point. Who knows? Yeah.
4: Now, uh, Rob, you just – you mentioned to me that there is there was a 100-watt uh, variant
2: – the JTM-45. And this is a weird one, and I can't remember. It was a bass player that actually asked for it originally, um, but it was a JTM-45, and they wanted a louder JTM-45 for a bass instrument, and it's called the JTM-45-100. Ah. And uh, I've never seen one. I probably never will see one in my life. They probably made like 100 of them or less. Um, but the neat thing about this was that it uh, it wasn't a 100-watt transformer mated with four KT-66s as we just assume, you know, double the tubes. It had four KT66s with two of the 45 watt transformers running in parallel. Oh wow! So they literally didn't redesign anything. They just said, "Well, let's just put two transformers with two more tubes in here, wired up in parallel." There we go. Wow! And that's how they got. Yeah. So there's very, very few. But that's what what, as I understand, was kind of the the driving point to I don't want to say phase out the the. JTM series or the forty fives, but come up with the next thing right. that we know is a super leads,
0: right? So. Question: uh, Do uh, do we think that there's any? So the Bluesbreaker is maybe similar to the Vox AC30 in its form, form. factor. Yeah, you're right. So do we have any um, history on? Was it sort of like, hey, we got to
3: compete with the Vox thirty? I think it. I think it was Eric. This might be wrong, but Eric Clapton needed a version to put in the back of his car, the boot of his car. I guess he called it. Mm -hmm. And so he designed the Blues Breaker, so it could be like you could take it around. Because I think right before then, Pete Townsend, after he did the eight twelve. They designed these giant 812 stacks, <laughs> right. and then the roadies were upset about that's that. That's one cabinet yeah. with 812-inch so speakers. Anymore. The size that's of a refrigerator. That's amazing. So then Jim Marshall cut it in half, but then you know, Eric Clapton said, hey, can I get one of these uh, that I can put in my car get so myself? <laughs> So I it, think that might be what why that happened. Although, you know, there were other 212s like Vox AC30, so it made sense to do that for sure.
2: Yeah, and Vox would have been really their competition cuz as I understand Vox was very close in proximity even, mm-hmm. right? To where Marshall was okay. operating, so. Okay, cool. I'm just wondering. It's like yeah. seems like,
0: eh, you yeah. know, what's yeah, the guy so, across
2: the street doing? Yeah, so you need
0: to do
4: some of that. Obviously, you know, the the most famous player, I guess, would be Clapton. With the bluesbreaker. Yeah. And that was, you know, you know, that that contribution to that sound. Okay. So now where does this go? So we start oh, off Wait, with does the, that have anything to do with the actual band, the bluesbreaker? Like the blues. It, the, it was
3: actually wasn't called a bluesbreaker. It was called a JTM forty five combo, but then John John Mayo on the bluesbreakers yeah. clapped and played on right. that. And yeah. then it started That's they started the calling it the bluesbreaker. Yeah,
0: like, look at me coming in with the knowledge. Well, uh, i have some into to that a point good talking guess, about thought, the
2: nomenclature <laughs> of, of Marshall stuff. They had a model number, I don't remember, it was like 4522 was the 212, 4510 or something was the 410 model. So they didn't have names for them like Bluesbreaker. They Marshall, from the beginning of this, was just, they would give it numbers that made sense to them. Yeah, and it's, to no one
4: else.
0: Yeah.
2: To <laughs> some degree, it's we're going to find out from the next 10 years. Rob, these model I numbers love make your technical no
0: stuff, but I think to some, it probably sounds like when Homer Simpson snores. When we're I when we're doing the math stuff. But. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. We need that stuff on this All channel,
2: right.
4: man. Okay.
2: So anyway, we <laughs> interrupted Tony <laughs> again.
4: No problem. So that leads us the we we jump from the JTM series to new fifty and one hundred watt. Um, I guess Plexi's, right?
2: 1966, 1981. So, so yeah, Ooh. so talk about Plexi's. Everybody thinks of a Plexi as being, well, No, I wouldn't say everybody. What, usually when somebody says Plexi, they think of the model, the 100 watt Super Lead, mm-hmm. which is model numbered 1959. It's the four input guitar, 100 watt model. They actually started using Plexi panels in 65 before the 100 watt ah. Super Lead ever existed.
4: And that's just to describe what this is it's clear. Plexiglass that is silk screened with the controls mm-hmm. and the name the f- and the stuff on the panel on yeah. the yeah. back side of the panel, and then it's shot with clear lacquer uh, on the back side, so it gives it kind of a dimensional look. Yeah, you know, yeah. baby.
2: So, so yeah, so and actually, when they started making the 50 and 100 watts, I can only uh, what's the word I'm looking for extrapolate that they were trying to streamline things a little bit. Um, the 50 watts, they switched to EL34 mm-hmm. output tubes um, and for both 50 and 100 watts, and they made a 50 watt transformer, or a 100 watt transformer. So no mating two 50 watt transformers together. Okay. So you'd have a 50 watt, 100 watt, two tubes or four tubes, and they made that in the lead series, which was just the lead 50 or a super lead was the 100 watt. Right, and the base was a 50 watt, and the super base was a 100 watt.
0: So that's where the super lead comes in. It's not necessarily playing style or Mm -mm. more gain and all that stuff.
2: It was meant or marketed for guitar. More. Super means more. And super would be the 100 watt version. And
3: the 50 watts were in the small box still. Right. And 100 watts were in the big box with the vent on top. Mm -hmm. Right. Back then? Yep. Interesting. So bigger, small box. So small box Better. up and through up through seventy one I think yeah really so, so all
2: the fifty watts even the base ones were
3: small box small box yeah. interesting and cool. they're sweet because they're nice and small you know and yeah they're, they're really cool
0: that's neat very cool uh, I do have a question on this so one of the most common things that we talk about um, amongst our friends and and other players and stuff is um, if you say JTM forty five versus a plexi. And and then, you know, even versus the, uh, like the, uh, the JCM, okay? The, the, the JTM, this, the Plexi and the JCM, when, uh, and maybe that's because um, we have the options in differently, different modeling type gear, Mm. right? So you're like, oh, you're going to go for this sound, this sound, or this sound. Briefly. Let's describe what the, the the sound perception is between those okay. ones. Anyway, you're going to give me a oh, caveat. Oh, go oh, ahead. Hold, on, exactly. me me hold give, on, Jared. Let me
2: do a caveat. Because everybody assumes Plexi, or not everybody assumes. Plexi means the 100-watt super lead, right? Let's go for that. Temp, um, t- right. and that's So that's going to be that model where a Plexi sure. actually is like 10 different models. Yeah. So that's first thing. You yeah, know.
3: that's fair. Go, guys. So I would say, real quick, I would say Plexi is any amp Fifty or hundred before, although he's correct, it's a little more of a caveat. Like when someone thinks of a plexi, but any amp, a true plexi is up through halfway through 69, when they went to metal panel. But they have the four hole inputs. They're the master. They're the non-master volume models. People call Plexi's like a 73. It's still the non-master volume. It's got the metal panel. People will call those Plexi's also because plexi is basically just the non-master volume. Marshall heads up through up until 75 to 77 when they put ma- started putting master volumes on. People will say that's a plexi, like a 72 head, they'll call it a plexi, even though it's not. It's
2: not a plexi. Now, now isn't the real term, place, like if, if someone says I've had a plexi Marshall and they actually are in the know, it's actually like 68 66 to 68 because they didn't they they changed the transformer somewhere around there, right? Six,
3: 69. I have two sixty nines that have plexi panels, so halfway through 69, it's a plexi. It's definitely but, a plexi, but I
2: think even the late plexis, they actually had different transformers than the earlier plexies, which is makes it a different. They thing, they changed isn't
3: some p- transformers, but like a, it might even just be some circuit changes from like the uh, negative feedback resistors or the okay. the bright caps on the on the V1. Uh-huh. Some different or like the shared cathode versus the split cathode. I don't want to go crazy with the. <laughs> But the, 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 the
2: to, to, we just lost time. So, so here, here's
3: the thing: it's if you have a plexi panel up through halfway through 69, it's a plexi. It right. Doesn't okay. matter what it is, okay. it's a plexi.
0: So, so let's just talk about again in general terms. If someone says blank, it sounds like this. Blank. It sounds like this. Blank. It sounds like this.
2: Okay. So okay. if you want a description of like a, right. a stereotypical and, and, 45 and, versus and a,
0: I'm gonna prompt this by because on the on the the origin you, there's there's a, 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 a a knob called tilt okay yeah and that tilt is supposed to kind of give you you want it to sound a little bit more like um a jtm 45 or do you want it to sound a little bit more like um a, a you you're making me dizzy nodding your head i'm just saying what the brochure says man
2: it's marketing bs okay
0: but that being said it's coming from somewhere Okay, so is there a, is there a warmer versus a, maybe a, a brighter,
3: more articulate, or, like, what, what's the, going on? The late 60s plexis were warmer. People were using t- t- um, treble boosters a lot. They were warmer. They, got, they started moving towards a brighter sound by the end of 69, and into the metal panels, they started getting a little brighter, a little more aggressive, a little nastier. Yeah. And then 74, my 74 is definitely gnarlier. Okay. It's like the Sex Pistols versus like Cream,
2: right? You know what I mean—that okay. kind of thing.
0: That's what I'm looking for. So, so yeah, so technician, like, get a drink of water right now.
2: Well, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, but like you know, Jimmy Page, song remains the same. That those were Plexi Marshalls, '68 super basses, '69s, right. and I think he even uh, had KT88s. Now, in some now of those. the
2: super bass though will be quite a bit mellower.
3: Yeah. But they can be aggressive. They can
2: you turn them on nine By or mellow, ten.
3: you mean aggressive. What, 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 <laughs> yeah. what, and what I mean is yeah. if
2: we would take a sixty eight super lead and a sixty-eight super bass, the super base is going to sound okay. more mellow.
3: Rob. We, yeah, yeah, for Rob, sure. For
0: sure. For those for the for the for the kids, for the people out there that are driving along that are like, look, I've I've had a fender all my life and I really I, I would like maybe I, I've been interested in a Marshall. But what kind of sound do I want from that, Marshall? Do I want to sound like, uh, uh, like any modern metal thing? Do I want it to sound like, you know, a '70s punk rock? Do I want it to sound like Led Zeppelin? Do I want to sound like uh, I'm still driving? I'm doing the driving motion like Eric Clapton. (laughs) So my question is from the from the the non-technician: What
3: is your perception of these of these? So so like um, high voltage AC DC. It's basically super leads left and right, and then Angus playing a JTM 45 for the leads. You'll hear it's a darker sound, especially with that SG. It's a little bit darker, it's rounder, it's warmer, but they break up very musically. It's very smooth. Okay. Same thing with the Allman Brothers. Dwayne's playing a 50 watt bass, Dickie's playing a 100 watt super lead. So you can got hear it. it's a little clearer, a little bit more, you know, a little more, I would say, girth to some extent. And then Dwayne's got, 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 got the more bass girth? head. Dwayne's the super leads got a little bit more like low-end punch. Because it's just because it's got the bigger transformers, it's 100-watt versus yeah. the okay. his base head. It's going to be a little more sustainy, a little warmer. Um, sex Pistols are gonna be 70s Marshalls, nasty. But they're still non-master volumes. They're not getting into the JCM. Or even like the, the later ACDC records, they started because they were just kind of going with the newer stuff sometimes. They're back to the old stuff, but they even used some master volumes on Let There Be Rock. It's definitely those are great heads. Those those master volume late seventies Marshall's. Um, Priest used the um, the non-master heads with treble boosters. So they were running into these dark the darker amps, but they were do, running treble boosters to get the gain out of them, get them to sound brighter. So all those types like even Billy Gibbons on ZZ Top's first record, Super Lead with a Les Paul, and you can just hear it's a very smooth sounding nice breakup it's not as nasty They started getting nastier and nastier until they got to the jcm 800s which is like even slash is is noted to have used a, a, a plexi super trim but then he ended up going to um and he i think he did with great results that that live at the ritz on you can see that he's using a jcm 800 the 2210 the channel switching mm-hmm. and i think it sounds exactly like appetite but apparently on appetite he was using a modded like a extra gain stage in his, in, in like one of those, I can't remember what those, SIT technology, one of those places you rent amps from. Um, he SIR. ended up renting, yeah, SIR. So he ended up, he ended up renting a. I was
1: gonna say a, that, he just took yeah. the out of
3: it. So, you know, you get, started getting into that, like obviously like Zach Wiles using a JCM 800, Randy Rhodes was using JMPs. I think they were late 70s, but non master heads. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I think well, let's talk. Let's yeah. talk about
4: that because yeah. we we shift over in this category from originally JTM's and around uh, what was sixty seven.
2: Is when Terry leaves. And,
4: yeah, and yeah. and they become JMPs, which yeah. stands for Jim Marshall Products. And
0: can I break in real quick? Yeah, I noticed in the notes that um, in the fifty watts. Hey, everybody. As a reminder, this was episode one of two for Marshall 101. So be on the lookout for episode number two of Marshall 101 dropping real soon. Thanks. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.